Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, the dream car is an Aston Martin Vantage, Leanne Hughes. Hello, everyone, and thanks for choosing to listen in to episode 18 of the First Time Facilitator podcast. It's really hard to believe that for the last 18 weeks, uh, I've delivered an episode to you every Monday at four o'clock in the afternoon, Brisbane time. Now, the last time I was this dedicated to anything was probably back in about 2015 uh, when I ran the Gold Coast Marathon. I really enjoyed having that daily discipline of waking up, lacing up the shoes and heading out the door. I liked it because I'm not typically a very disciplined type of person. Now, through this, I discovered a few things that helped me honour my commitments. It's really about using the motivation to then build a habit. It's also about having a really important vision of your end goal. So in the case of a marathon, if I didn't get out of bed and run, then I wouldn't make it to the 42-kilometre finish line. Most important is that I also had a coach who would email every week with my times and he'd respond with feedback and set my plan for the week. Accountability for me is key. And I guess for this podcast, I feel accountable to all of you who are listening in, sharing this podcast with colleagues and friends, tweeting me and emailing. Thank you so much for helping me stay consistent and honor this weekly commitment. Now, today's episode is my second solo one. And again, I'm responding to a listener question. I'll do these listener Q&As from time to time to give you some practical insight into how I facilitate and approach various situations. If you have a question you'd like to send through, either tweet it to me at Leanne Hughes or send me an email, hello at firsttimefacilitator.com. I'd like to thank my friend Joanne Alilovich from 3D HR Legal in Western Australia for her question. Jo and I met at a conference called We Are Podcast in Brisbane last November and neither of us had a podcast back then and we both launched our podcast in March this year. Joe's podcast is called The Juggle and it's all about how you can really balance your career and family commitments. So for anyone out there who thinks they're constantly juggling their priorities, I know there's a few of us, I recommend listening into her show. I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode at firsttimefacilitator.com slash episode 18. Anyway, like me, Joe likes to do things a little bit differently and she's a lawyer. In her business, she takes her legal knowledge and combines that with her HR skills to help create tailored policies and procedures for individual businesses. Joe wrote in with the following question. I have a client who wants to throw out their existing human resources manual and start fresh. We're thinking of creating documents such as a code of conduct, uh, a performance management policy and complaints procedure, etc., In order to create something that's truly reflective of the workplace and the people who work in it, we decided it would be good to get the staff involved. So we've scheduled a two-hour facilitation session to discuss the types of policies and procedures they need and the content for them. Do you have any suggestions on how to run this workshop? Okay, so first things first, I'm extremely impressed the company is getting their employees involved in the process and I know it seems obvious but sometimes organisations just don't recognise this and take that critical step of engaging with their people. So a big high five to your client and a big high five to you too, Joe. And yeah, I do have some suggestions I can share with you. First, let's start with preparation. 
Now, way back in episode seven, Sue Johnston and I spoke about preparation and how it's critical. Now, one of the things she drives the most is being is being very clear on what your workshop outcomes are. So as part of your prep work, I'd suggest working with your client to agree on outlining these outcomes. And they could include things like agreeing on the five most urgent and important HR policies to deliver or creating subgroups to tackle each policy or generating enthusiasm for agreed actions and next steps. Now, just notice that all of these outcomes start with a verb, an action word. Now, this gives you clarity on what the outcome can look like. I would avoid starting the outcome with a word like understanding. And that's something that I learnt on my first job out of university working as an instructional designer. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to assume that the outcomes I just listed are the outcomes the client wants too. Look, I really have no idea, but to keep this going, let's lock those ones in. Oh, and let's pause this for a second. If you're listening in and also have tips for Joe on your approach, please sing out and get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Secondly, let's talk about your participants. I like to find out as much as I can about the people in the room. Who are they? Do they all get along? What's their motivation for being involved or have they been nominated? Has anyone developed policies before, etc.? Now, I believe there are facilitators out there who would prefer not to know this info and arrive without any kind of uh, preconceived bias. But at guess at this stage of my career in facilitation, I like to know as much as I can. And if I can anticipate that there will be tension with some people in the room, then that's really helpful. Now, when considering your participants, try to put yourself in their shoes. So they can probably barely keep up with the hundreds of emails in their inbox. And now on top of all of their other regular meetings, they've been asked to attend this two-hour policy session. Joe, you're going to be working with people that are busy and some may not even know why they're in the room and you need to extract information from them plus get them excited about the project. Oh, and then you need to leave them with action items afterwards. And I mean, like this isn't mission impossible, uh, but it's not far from it. Now, you've been given two hours to work with, which isn't a lot of time. Your outcome is to find out what HR policies and procedures they require and what information they want in those policies. And you also want them leaving the room with enthusiasm and you want to put them to task and have action items too. So, prior to the workshop, I would create a quick definition sheet of key HR policies and procedures that are common in most organisations. Now, the definition sheet would have things like a performance management policy is dot, 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 companies use it to dot, dot, dot. And the reason I'm suggesting this is that it's easier for you and your participants to look at a comprehensive list of policies and procedures and eliminate the ones that you don't need rather than looking at a blank page and starting from scratch. You've also set the definitions so you won't be getting into arguments over what each policy does and what it means. Ideally, you could email this information through to your participants prior to the workshop. Now let's talk about delivery. I suggest you share the following information with your group up front. And I'm stealing a phrase from my favorite thought leader and author, Simon Sinek, and that is start with why. Share the context and share it by stating it in problems and solutions. For example, yes, it is painful working on these policies from scratch in the short term, 
but in future, it will save more time because you won't have managers tapping on your door every day asking what the process is to onboard a new employee. Share why you've been asked to facilitate this workshop. And Joe, you can rely on your credibility and experience here. You're in the business of overhauling HR policies. You are the guru. Share the outcomes that you want to drive in that two-hour workshop and check in. Do they agree with those? I suggest you also include some engagement activities early in the piece. This helps set up expectations and says that you're not there to tell them what to do. Now, my guess is that the people in the room already know each other, so you won't need to do any type of formal type of introductions. Uh, If I was going to run some kind of opener, I'd suggest keeping it pretty simple. I'd get them in small groups of about three or four people and ask them to discuss in their groups a very simple question like, why do we have policies? Or for more interesting answers and laughs, you can reverse that question and ask, well, what would a company look like without policies? Once I've had a crack at this, you can debrief as a group. Instead of asking one group to share all of their ideas, ask for one idea per group and then continue to rotate around the room. That way, when the last group is called on to speak, they have something to contribute and they won't just say, oh yeah, uh, we agree with what the other groups have said. Okay, so now we've established why policies and procedures are important. And again, on an aside, given your time frame, I think a parking lot is a really good idea. Simply write the words parking lot on a piece of flip chart paper and pop it to the side of the room. Explain it if they start talking about a subject that is off topic or they can't solve quickly, that we park that conversation and explore it later on if time, or we take it outside of the workshop. Now, remember that policy definition sheet I asked Joe to prepare? Well, if it was given as pre-work, excellent. If not, then I'd include it right right about now as part of the workshop. I'd hand it out and ask them to individually review the policies listed. I would then ask them individually to circle their top five or six. Now, you can change the numbers. This is just a guide. Uh, circle the policies that they believe are non-negotiable. Now, following this, I'd ask them to draw or place an asterisk against two policies that would be nice to have. Meanwhile, you've written the name of each policy on individual post-it notes and popped them against the wall. After they've uh, completed the exercise individually, I'd ask them to walk up and vote on the policies they believe are most important. Now, you can use things like stickers and allocate five or six per person, and these stickers um, act as their voting cards. Now, by doing this, you're going to notice some trends. Either some policies receive the most votes and are clear majority winners, or they could be scattered across various policies. Now, look, whatever the outcome of the voting, you have some really good discussion points here. Because we're talking about priorities, you could even draw something like Stephen Covey's Covey's Priority Quadrant Matrix. Uh, That's where he has the important versus urgent on the X and Y axis. We'll include an example of that in the show notes. And then as a group, see if you can categorise each policy within that matrix. So what's most important and most urgent, what's important but not urgent, etc. This is when you really enter that mode of facilitator and use your arsenal of open-ended questions to encourage discussion within the group. 
you'll notice there are people that aren't contributing and your role as facilitator is to entice them into the conversation. If there is someone who's contributing an awful lot and maybe a little overbearing, you can say things like, hey, John, I really appreciate your input, but I'd love to hear from some other people in the room. Now, once you've categorised each policy, the next step would then be allocating a few people to each policy or the policies with the most votes or the ones that everyone's deemed critical, most important, most urgent. Now, in these small groups, ask them to brainstorm a few different questions. Some ideas could be, what topics do we need to cover under this policy? Does this policy link in with another policy? Do we have all the information we need right now to develop this policy? Yes or no? And if no, well, what other information do we need to find out? And who else do we need to consult with? Now, these are example questions for you. Um, I'm sure you can make up some more. Then I'd encourage the subgroup to chat about these questions for about 30 minutes and then bring all the groups in together and get them to share their findings and responses to those questions and ask for further feedback. I would then reserve the last, say, 20 or 30 minutes for action planning. Again, come in with a project template which will create some consistency across the groups. In this template, ask them to allocate roles within the team, action items and timeframes. Now to wrap up, thank the group, emphasise the importance of the feedback, what you've learnt and how you will communicate with the team moving forward to ensure the policies are ready. Okay, now that's a really quick snippet, but there's some ideas and activities to get you started, Joe, and I hope you find them useful. I can't wait to see how your workshop went. I've really enjoyed the challenge of having to answer a question like this because it really makes me think, geez, what would I do in that situation? And I think that's useful because as facilitators, we might be subject matter experts. So we're called in to share our knowledge, but then we also might be asked to facilitate and lead this process with stakeholders in the business or outside. What I also want to mention is that I love using design thinking to brainstorm and for innovation. Now, I did think about bringing in some design thinking models here, like reversing assumptions and question storming. However, I believe that's probably more important in the next step, the step where the group then start questioning what each policy should have and what should be left out. Now, if you've never heard of those design thinking concepts, I'll explain them in a future episode. They're gold. Thanks for listening in to the First Time Facilitator podcast. I also encourage you to sign up to my monthly newsletter, The Flip Chart, where I send through interesting articles I've read, neat apps, some tricks, and my icebreaker of the month. You can sign up by visiting my website at firsttimefacilitator.com.